Welcome to the Content 10X Podcast, the show where content creators learn how to harness the power of content repurposing. And now, your host, Amy Woods. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Content 10X Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, and this week I've got a fantastic episode lined up for you. So I have a wonderful guest, Dan Knowlton. Dan is a UK-based digital and social media marketing expert, and he has grown his business, KPS Digital Marketing, with his brother into a multi-award-winning business. They have worked with global and local brands like FIFA, Nestle, Citibank, and Dan also speaks on stages all over the world as well. He's a very highly sought after speaker. Uh, Welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks, Amy. That was a nice intro. I appreciate that. <laughs> what, did I, what did I miss? I'm sure I missed quite a no, bit. No, no, no. You said lots of nice things, so I'll, I'll take that. And you were very much are kind of doing quite a lot of speaking at the moment, aren't you, as I mentioned? Yeah, it's definitely a big part of our growth strategy to kind of get me on a stage. And it's also really fun. I love doing it. So, yeah, I really and enjoy it. And you're very good because I think we... Did we meet at Janet Murray's Content Live? I think we did, yes. We did, were we yeah. both speaking? I think we, we were. were. Yeah. yeah. So, so thanks so much for coming on the show, Dan. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and we're going to be digging into Twitter and how people can use the platform most effectively and how we can repurpose our content and promote our content on Twitter. But um, before we get into it, I wanted to ask you a quick question, which mm. is why did you get started and develop a career in marketing so what is it about marketing that really interests you that is a really good question <laughs> um god i haven't thought about this much well i actually i did a business management with marketing degree uh when i was like 18 uh, so that got me a bit into marketing but i actually learned nothing about digital and social media marketing um but eventually then i went into a job and i quit that and i i think the first thing was i just was bored one evening and started reading some articles around marketing and I found some some articles an article from a guy called Matthew Barbie who's like the head of growth at HubSpot now and his article was something around how to grow an audience on social media so I read that and applied what I learned and actually started to grow an audience and thought wow this is this is fun I can actually Mm -hmm. learn something apply it and kind of start and that's where it all started that kind of reading that article and, and trying something, trying growing an audience on Twitter initially. So moving on to the topic of Twitter. So I know it's not your kind of focus platform. You guys focus on all social media and all different types of digital marketing. Mm. But you spoke about Twitter at Social Media Marketing World in March, didn't you? And I, I know you got wonderful feedback and that went really well. And um, I thought it'd be great to kind of extend that conversation in terms of what is and isn't working on Twitter um, with a focus on repurposing of content as well in terms of promoting content and when people have blogs podcasts that kind of thing how can they try and then stand out and grow their audience on twitter so um firstly like why do you like twitter that is a really good question (laughs) i i again i think twitter i like twitter for its independence twitter kind of whilst all these other platforms have evolved into Uh, kind of story-based platforms like Snapchat, Instagram stories, Facebook stories, where it's a kind of swipe up, down, left, right, user interface, focus more on stories that get deleted after a certain amount of time. Twitter's kind of stayed true to its roots and stayed and focused on its core mission of sharing ideas and information instantly. So I like the fact that Twitter's 
it's kept its independence. It hasn't tried to merge into other platforms. And it's, I still feel it's quite unique in the sense of how um, they limit, you know, how much you can, how much text you have to to 240. Is it 240 characters? Yeah, I think yeah. it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I should know that. Yeah, 240 mm-hmm. characters. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just very independent. And I, something else I also love about it is the ability to connect with people that are usually very difficult to get a hold of. Yeah. Pe- people on Twitter tend to feel like because when you contact people, it's it's kind of very public and in the whole, you know, open Twitter world, people feel obliged to reply. So if you want to get hold of someone difficult to reach, you can actually just tweet them and say, hey, so-and-so. You know, it's, and it's much easier to get, get a response. Yeah, it is, isn't it? You know, you hear all sorts of stories of people who've built uh, relationships and established connections with people through Twitter so much more than you hear on Facebook or Instagram or those kinds of places. So um, I think it's because it's a, the quick nature. Um, people are quick and fast and it's OK to write really simple, short replies to things as well, isn't it? That mm. people are more inclined to, you know, think, oh, I'll reply to that or I'll get back to them on that because it's OK to be quick. And <laughs> yeah, um, that's what I like about it. It's so, yeah, like you say, it's so quick and easy to reply that people it, do do it. It's funny because I actually didn't really use to like Twitter. Um, I I didn't really get it. I just found it to be too fast. And I felt like Mm. um, somebody would post something and then within 10, 15 minutes or so, that's, you know, so far down and more is there and it's gone. Mm. And probably up until about a year ago, not not for, you know, we've worked with Twitter with our clients for a while, but for myself, for my Mm. personal usage on social media, it just used to frustrate me. But more recently, I've actually started to like it more and use it more and I guess um, accept that it doesn't matter if you miss things that happened an hour ago or (laughs) or a few few days ago whatever you know the longevity doesn't really matter because you're just looking to see what's going on now really aren't you on Twitter exactly and and you're never going to keep up with everything and this is why there's been a big kind of shift or there should be a shift with marketers that are using the platform well should be shifting towards quality rather than quantity Mm -hmm. a lot of the time the old mentality was right I need to tweet every 30 seconds to make sure I reach the most people and then I need to reshare all my tweets every day and whereas now because Twitter's so um so filled up and noisy to stand out you need to think differently and you need to be creative rather than volume focusing on that real quality of content that people actually want to consume. Mm. So what is your um, opinion on the types of content that work on Twitter from the perspective of you can post a, you know, just words, you can post images, Mm. you can post videos. What do you see working best? Yeah, good question. And I'll start with a bit of a rubbish answer, all (laughs) of them. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Because it, you know, in in different formats and different contexts, all of the different varieties of content works. But the place we really kind of would recommend you starting is to is to look at what Twitter is actually used for and base content around that. So what is Twitter the go to platform for? So if we think about things like live events, when you whenever you go to a live event, people don't say, oh, use the hashtag on Instagram or Facebook. You know, all events say use the hashtag on Twitter because that's where people have the conversation. So start with understanding that, you know, Twitter is the place where people speak about live events. Mm-hmm. Another thing, breaking news. Twitter, again, is, you know, its core mission is to share ideas and information instantly. It's um, it's built perfectly for breaking news. So think about um, sharing content around breaking news. Um, again, customer service is another one. 
Twitter is a platform used for for things like customer service. So look at look at brands like um, Buffer and Mailchimp. I don't know if you've seen them on seen some of the conversations they have on Twitter, Amy. But their their customer service is unreal. Have you seen Buffer and Mailchimp on? I have seen Buffer, not Mailchimp, um, but I've seen Buffer. Yeah, they just the way that they interact with customers, and um, if you look at their on their profile tweets and replies, you can see the replies they've said to people who have had kind of bad experiences. Um, but taking it back to kind of the types of content, my real recommendation is to try and test different things. So, for example, for us, um, we do a variety of content. Um, like text-based tweets can work really well when it's kind of a thought leadership. Um, opinion piece. So yeah. something I've seen working really well recently is whenever I, whenever I just randomly think of an opinion about something, it just pops in my head. Like um, I'm trying to think of an example now. Um, oh, look, for example, the other day I um, randomly posted about um, asking people for recommendations for prams on Twitter. Yeah. I tweeted, um, and I got loads of responses. And something I observed was there must have been about 50 to 100 people replying with all of these different suggestions for prams and things and tagging brands. And um, I just I thought after looking at all of that, not one brand even responded with any kind of you know, suggestion or, you know, witty tweet or anything to even say, oh yeah, our prams might be best for you. Not one brand out of all of those brands that got tagged and hundreds. Wow, know, really? <laughs> yeah. And I, I just retweeted that and tweeted and said, explain that. And lo it got lots of response because it really resonated with people because it was something that they could relate to. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it reflects very badly, doesn't it? If they don't have anybody who's monitoring the mentions and can see opportunities to um, to engage, especially when other brands do it so well, as you said. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I mean another, um, another kind of type of content that we found works well on Twitter is video. And um, especially when you use the Twitter media studio to optimize the video. So for those that don't know, the Twitter media studio, Studio is kind of a media hub um, within Twitter that you can upload video content to and um, kind of make that content more rich by adding a thumbnail, adding an SRT subtitles file, adding a call to action button, adding a title, adding a description to your video content. And you can then tweet your, your video content from within the Twitter media studio. So we find um, that content works really well because it looks, it's formatted very nicely once you tweet out from the Twitter media studio. Ah, okay. I didn't realise that because we just tend to create, you know, videos off the platform. So that's really useful. Yeah. And they've also actually just literally, I, I was on the social media talk show, social media examiners to social media talk show last Friday. And we were discussing um, their, that Twitter's just brought out a new producer feature where um, within the Twitter media studio, when you're creating live video on Twitter, you can go in and, and, and whilst live, cut short clips of the live that you're recording and repurpose that live stream. Actually, this is quite relevant for, mm. for you, Amy, especially. Yeah. Um, that live stream, you can uh, go in and it's really simple to use and you cut short snippets of the live stream to tweet out um, and you can tweet that with a link to the actual full live stream. So it's quite a cool new kind of feature within the Twitter media studio. Just, just, I, I, I tested it the other day and it's just launched this is when you are recording a broadcast on twitter is it yes right, yes okay exactly yes so you can schedule a broadcast within there now um you it 
it, basically they used to have an external court tool called snappy tv um and this was used by bigger kind of media companies especially when there was like live sports and on things and they wanted to cut short snippets you know um thing uh, replays of or, or slow motion replays and things but now anyone who's got access to the twitter media studio can schedule a live broadcast and then snip the, the kind of best bits of that live stream and promote it across Twitter. Um, so it's quite a cool tool for repurposing. That's really cool. And is that whilst it's going on to try and bring people over to the live? Exactly. Yeah. Well, it okay. can be both. So it can mm. be it can be whilst it's happening. So, I mean, the optimum thing would be if you've got someone else who can do that um, whilst you're kind of talking live and things. Um, but even after the live stream's gone out, you can then cut short snippets and repurpose that so that you can drive more traffic to your to the live stream once it's once it's gone out. And so is live streaming on Twitter something that you do regularly? Uh, no. <laughs> it's it's a funny one because when we talk about live streaming, you know, my my head instantly goes to Facebook Live, um, Instagram Live, you know, potentially YouTube Live, which you can do now, um, and obviously the new kid on the block, LinkedIn Live, is rolling out. Yeah. But I don't really ever think too much about Twitter and live yeah. streams. So it's really interesting that that you mentioned that, and obviously that feature is really cool as well. Yeah, I think mm. for us, I'm not personally a huge live stream fan, but for us, when when we do use it, it's kind of ad hoc in situations where a live a natural live stream would work really well, where you can get some some live interaction. So, for example, the latest live I did on Twitter a few weeks back was um, coming into the office and giving a tour of the updated office and kind of asking people what would they uh, think what do they think we should it should include in our new office to get some suggestions and things so that that worked quite quite well because it was kind of two-way interaction what i really like about lives and what i think sometimes people can go a bit wrong is i like the live uh, engagement aspects and I think that yeah. if you truly do go live and you truly do treat it as engagement yeah, and you, but if you go live and just present and mm. end and don't actually turn it into yeah. a live experience then you might as well have done a pre-recorded video um, you're, yeah you're yeah. exactly right and mm. I, I, I recently actually I'm literally just trying to think now what was the last, last live stream I, I watched and it was um, I watched the full kind of 35 minutes of a Q&A on LinkedIn in where Stephen Bartlett, the founder of Social Chain, yeah. did a live Q&A. And I absolutely loved that. And I watched every single minute of it because he was answering live questions from an audience. And also the reason I think I did like that is because I'd say I'm like a one of his top fans or whatever. I'm someone who really listens to everything he says and wants to know because he's built such a successful business. So I think for your kind of top fans, people that are really in that top percentile of people that listen to everything you say, I feel like they're the ones that, that will really kind of tune into a live stream. Whereas people who are just trying to discover you, if they, if they, they've got, haven't got any awareness of you and they've built no trust with you, just seeing you kind of talk and, you know, ramble on that they're probably not going to be that interested. No, I completely agree. It's when you're kind of a bit further down, the, um, the spectrum of en engagement and getting to know somebody for sure, isn't it? So you have to really think about why you're going live and who you think will turn up and kind of tailor it to that yeah. level of audience. But um, but I, I do think on Twitter, something that I've noticed is when people go, when people who I'm following start to live broadcast, mm. I tend to get a notification. Yeah. Um, 
you don't really get that anymore on, on any of the other platforms because mm. too many people going live. For mm. the, Facebook don't notify you anymore, do they? They used yeah. to. I spoke to Ian Anderson Gray on the podcast a few weeks ago about LinkedIn Live, and mm. he said, you know, in the early days now, he, they're notifying people because it's new, so they want you to go over. But obviously, at this time next year, I'm sure LinkedIn won't notify you because it'll be too there'll be too many notifications then. So. Yeah. Maybe that's a sign that not loads of people use Twitter for the live because mm. you still get well. Maybe it's just my notification settings. No, I'm, yeah. you're right. They always mm. any any social platform when there's a new feature out, they over-index it in the algorithm, so they want yeah. to encourage you as much as possible. Um, just you, you're exactly right. Like now, I keep getting notifications on LinkedIn for people going live, but yeah. to be honest, I haven't noticed. I don't think I've ever noticed Twitter send me a notification to say someone's live. I may be wrong, but I don't. I can't think of any notification to say someone's I, I don't know can you think have you seen them do that before yeah there's are? one there's, there's one particular person who regularly goes live um in my that I obviously follow and I will oh, get, get a, notification? a notification saying if it started a broadcast yeah oh. that always happens so it, maybe it's because yeah. you maybe it's just because I never watch live streams yeah, yeah. And, and they know that I'm not someone that's interested in them yeah but I've never actually watched it I just see the notification so that's like really I said strange, maybe it's just it? that maybe we all have slightly different settings but um yeah. I think it's really interesting, like, you know, you have to know what your audience will want. And like you said, you have to really just vary things up, don't you, and see what people like. Now, mm-hmm. what if, it, let's say, for example, um, somebody listening to this show now and they have a, you know, a weekly podcast, let's say weekly podcast mm-hmm. like this. Um, what kind of content do you think that they should be planning to create in relation to the podcast to hopefully get people to go and listen yep. to that podcast on Twitter? Yeah. So I'd firstly think of, uh, here's a practical step-by-step approach. This is literally what I'd do if this was me. I'd first note down all the different types of content format that you can do on Twitter. So a text-based tweet, a live stream, a video, an image-based tweet, um, a poll. Like I'd note down all the different types of media that you could possibly uh, tweet out to you know create kind of a table then I'd start to to then and at the top I'd have the topic of the podcast so let's just say um, the podcast topic is um, repurposing because this is you Amy it's repurposing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd then go through that 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 kind of table column by column and think right okay so a text let's start with a text-based tweet what and this is something and i try and think about what works well for each format like we've spoken about so let's give some examples so earlier on i mentioned text-based tweets kind of thought leadership style text-based tweets where you're sharing a kind of a strong opinion on on a topic work really well so i'd maybe be thinking right what's a what's a what's a topic to do with repurposing that lots of people have a strong opinion on Mm. and uh i both ways so it could be um, I don't know, what do people have a strong opinion on repurpose? Maybe, maybe it's something like people do not repurpose their content enough and it's making them fail with their content marketing or whatever. Think mm, think of whatever yeah. that topic is that people are going to say, you know, argue either way. You could say a really strong opinion piece on that in a text-based tweet. And I test that, look at the Twitter analytics, see how that performs. Um, the next piece, um, a live, like we've said, how could you integrate a live, a Twitter live um, and really truly utilize the live format to to make the most of it to talk about the topic of your podcast with a call to action at the end saying go and listen to your podcast so it could be a live q a about repurposing 
for example. So, so getting that interaction, like we mentioned earlier, Amy, that back and forth. Yeah. Um, and then talking about the, uh, that topic, you know, I'm doing, I'm thought I'd jump on and do a live Q and A about repurposing. And then at the end or throughout talking about, Oh, I've actually just uh, recorded a whole podcast on this with Amy who, um, who shares some really great tips, go and listen to it here with a call to action. So I, I'd go through each of those different content formats and, and develop an idea for reach utilizing the format of that content. Um, and then measure and see what's working. Brilliant answer. I really love that answer. <laughs> and I love you mentioned things like, you know, polls and things like that as well. So the different um, interactive features that they have on the platform. Um, what is your opinion on uh, Twitter chats? So do you see them as being effective? Should somebody do a Twitter chat related to the topic? Yeah. So again, I'll give my my personal opinion. Yeah. <laughs> again, this isn't this isn't kind of everyone's. I think I've been involved. To be honest, I I only ever get involved in a Twitter chat when I'm asked to be a guest, and I'll be a guest on that Twitter chat, and I'll share my thoughts on certain, on the, the different questions they ask. I never really bother to get involved in a Twitter chat. I kind of feel like personally, I feel like it's just a load of people chatting for the sake of chatting. And yeah, I just, it just really isn't my thing. However, there's people that swear by Twitter chats and it's a great way to network. It's a great way to meet other people. Um, there's lots of benefits. Just personally, I think it's all a bit kind of synthetic and everyone's just there because they've got an ulterior motive and they're just trying to be all friendly and nice. Hey, how are you? Nice to see you in the chat. Um, when really they just want to try and sell their products or services. That's a very negative approach to have. But <laughs> in terms of, it, to be honest, for me being a guest on Twitter chats, it's really helped me reach new audiences. So mm. The benefits to me in a kind of selfish way it's helped me reach new people who have then followed me and then connected with me and seen my future content but i don't know what's your experience with twitter chats amy do you well, get involved in them or am i being very negative no, I probably am, so I? <laughs> I, I i'm similar to you i think we're both obviously quite similar with these things so mm. i haven't really i wouldn't necessarily join a twitter chat in terms of they're not really on my radar and it's not something that i get involved Proactively in. kind um, of, yeah, yeah I, I bought. Um, firstly, I do know people who love them. So I know people who, yeah. who who will make an effort to attend somebody's Twitter chat. If it's, you know, say every Monday evening at nine, people will go and attend so-and-so's Twitter chat. Mm. Um, so it's, it, I do know people who do, even though for me, it's not really for me. I attended, um, I've only actually taken part in one Twitter chat where I was asked to be the, the, the guest on a Twitter chat. Mm. And um so it moved really, really fast. <laughs> like, I guess it was the first time yeah. I attended one. They do, and I don't they? It, yeah, yeah, I found it a little bit funny. I found it like a question was asked and it, it, I don't know whether people were there to learn or more just that everybody answered and try, trying to, to out the best each thought. other's yeah. answer. Yeah, and I was the guest as well. So I was like oh, the expert. Funny. But everyone kind of, you know, I'm not saying I know better than other people at all, but I was yeah. invited as kind of the expert, whereas like oh. I'd pass my answer on and then everyone would kind of try and, you know, say something better. Yeah. <laughs> That's <was laughs> yeah. hilarious. It was funny. But what was... Um, what was very good about the Twitter chat I was involved in was that mm. 
there was a lot of repurposing of the Twitter chat. So there definitely was an engaged group of people that joined and then um, the Twitter chat conversation carried on into mm-hmm. a Facebook Live and then um, there, there was a blog post written up on the key points that came was out. Was the Twitter Smarter Chat? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm actually really impressed um, with the way um, it, Madeline repurposes yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. that's a, mm. It was really impressive and um, I had Madeline on the podcast, so I'll link to mm-hmm. that in the show notes where we talked about how um, they repurpose their Twitter chats from the start to the end and all the content that they get from them. So that really did work. Um, you know, yeah, I saw that's a good example. Exactly, yeah. yeah. There was lots and lots and lots that came out of that as well. Um, and actually, some people who attended the um, the Twitter chat went off and wrote their own blog posts on what was discussed as wow. well. Yeah, because some of them kind of, you know, um, commented me or when they share it on Twitter, they yeah. are um tagging me and things like that so mm. i can see it working i think um you have to know your audience and know whether it would be right for them but it's a bit like is it so when you go live on any of them you know people mm. join in and have that live chat if you can do it somewhat like a live where people mm. get to ask questions but everyone else doesn't kind of flood with the answers too mm. and you actually get the the person who's been brought in to answer the question and then people can yeah. ask questions about but i think if they manage well they can work but um yeah but otherwise i'm not i, I think they're so fast paced as well yeah. like you mentioned <laughs> that god when i fed it my first one it was so difficult to keep up with everything and try and respond to people and answer the questions when they come out and all that is yeah. um, but the twitter smarter one is definitely a, a if I was to kind of recommend any that I've seen, that's one that's managed really well. And, um, and yeah, Madeline does a great job with that. Yeah. She taught me, um, she told me beforehand about using, um, was, is it tweet deck? Yeah. So I had all these different, yeah. um, I, I literally felt like I was landing something on Mars. I felt like I was in the NASA <laughs> control <laughs> room. <laughs> like, Oh, there's something going on there. Oh, the hashtags. <laughs> yeah. Like just uh, yeah. It, it was real, but it was, yeah, it's, it, they're fast paced. They can work. Um, yeah. Yeah. would be worth a try but i think if you do it you have to do it like um like madeline and like other people do where they make it a regular thing and people yeah. are part of their routine i think my my advice to anyone would be don't just listen to our opinions try it yourself and yeah. see what you think because yeah. you know you may have a completely different experience to yeah. us so yeah Exactly. And um, I like exactly your answer in terms of think about the platform and write down all the different features, all the different ways that you can create content. Mm-hmm. And then I love what you said about then think about how you can translate the topic of the podcast, what the episode was about into mm-hmm. those different forms of content. Now, um, a couple of final questions for you. Sure. What, what's the, the main thing that you see people, so content, so businesses who are creating content for content mm. marketing perspective, what's the main thing that you see people doing wrong that always makes you just go, no, you're doing it so mm. wrong? I think, and this comes from my talk at Social Media Marketing World, because I did quite a lot of research and worked with some different t- analytics tools to look at the most engaged brands on Twitter and like the most engaged brands in the world on Twitter were brands like Netflix, um, Burger King, Wendy's, um, who else is there? 
Apple. And when you look at the way these brands speak on Twitter, they speak as if they're chatting to their mates. So, you, you know, like uh, for some reason with businesses, they feel like they need to have a very corporate tone of voice. Whereas when you look at the way Wendy's tweets, it kind of is a very witty, um, non-corporate way. And people and other humans really resonate with that because that's actually how you interact with someone. So I guess one of the biggest mistakes I see is people being very rigid and corporate and you know talk, speaking in a tone of voice that you wouldn't normally speak to another human in and it's very difficult to relate to that type of content whereas where you actually when you actually speak from the heart you share your emotion and you stop being so corporate um it really resonates with people so that's definitely a big one for me yeah and i think the fact that you named some of the biggest organizations in the world like apple and you said that they're able to talk in a friendly um you know the tone it really means that everyone should be able to especially if you're running kind of smaller businesses or solopreneur if if apple can do it um and then i I think everybody can do it can't they but it's just a getting to get into the right frame of mind and um, and even, um, you know, even a, a response that I got from that social media marketing world was, what if I don't want to be, what if our brand isn't silly and witty and um, which is completely reasonable, but you can still speak in a tone of voice that doesn't make you sound like a robot or, a, yeah. you know, you can still speak in the voice of a human the way in a professional manner that you speak to other people, just not so yes, rigid and, and corporate. Yeah, I think, um, I suppose when people are used to writing, you know, I don't know, white papers, corporate papers and um, more formal content all the time, maybe for clients, proposals, things like that. Sometimes you have to really get out of that and into the frame of mind of you, mm. more like you're writing a text, text yeah. message to your yeah, friend. Yeah, like you kind of get more in text speak. You don't have to um, get too overly familiar in terms of personal ways, do you? You mm. don't have to go all out and suddenly start talking about um politics or like anything like that yeah you don't you don't have to be controversial because i think that is another thing that i see people do sometimes when they've had advice to to be them Mm. and be more real sometimes they go a little bit too too far and then um (laughs) exactly and then start taking religion and politics and this and that to the to the table which you know each to their own but sometimes I think see people kind of then going a bit too far and there's a happy in between, isn't there? Yeah, Which I think it's like kind of texting your friends. There was really something funny I saw from Brian fans, I think it was a while ago. And it was, the essence was something like, if you're a douchebag offline, you're going to be a douchebag online as well. So like you, your, you as a person translates very clearly offline to online um, so, I mean, you know, mo- we're hoping most people are nice. If you are a nice person, hopefully that will just translate. You don't need to try and pretend to be something you're not when speaking. You know, you just be your authentic self. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's really getting the right tone and not being, like you said, a robot, I suppose, kind of being mm. a bit too robotic and stuff. Um, I'll mention all of the accounts that you said in the show notes so we can go on and have a look at that as well. Um, another account that I really like is Innocent Smoothies. Um, mm. They have an, um, they, whoever is in their Twitter department definitely <laughs> deserves a medal. Like a, a medal or a bonus or something because it's so good. <laughs> um, so I'll link to all of that. Um, so, the last question Dan so thank you so much for coming on really appreciate your time know how busy you are at the moment so where can people go to connect with you Sure. So our website is kpsdigitalmarketing.co.uk. We're actually currently rebranding 
to Knowlton. So our new website okay. will be Knowlton, my surname, marketing.co.uk. Um, but yeah, everything will get redirected once this goes out and we've rebranded anyway. So Brilliant. Well, um, I'll put the link to that and then I guess um, all the links to all your social profiles will be there yeah. as well. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. So thanks for your insight. It's been fantastic. Oh, thank you, Amy. It's been fun. Thank you.